Welcome to the One Hope Church podcast, where we believe Jesus is our one hope for a better life and a better world. We hope this message encourages you. All right, so good morning. It's another good day at One Hope. If you're online this morning, we know there's a lot of people that watch online. Maybe you in the room have been that online people before, and we love that we get to do this together. But I'm ready to, I'm ready to roll this morning. We've got something new. If you spend any amount of time on social media, you'll see out of nowhere these trends just pop up, right? Like trending topics, trending ideas, trending videos, trending games, just things trending all over the place. I think I'll show my age when I say, I think most of them are stupid, all right? Like I'll probably show my age, I'm not the young guy anymore, I think most of them are stupid, but there's this one trend that just seems to stick. It seemed to stick around, it's one of the things I see all over the place, maybe you've seen it, it's called this or that, okay? This or that, and it's very, very simple. It's basically asking people to choose between two different things, okay? You choose either this or you choose that. It's simple things like, are you a coffee person or a tea person? You gotta push the button, are you that? Are you, for your favorite snacks, are you a sweet person or are you a Salty person, okay, push the button. It's just simple things like that. Well, I want to play a little of this or that this morning. If you're watching online, I want you to play too. You can raise your hand at home. You can write in the comment section, but you're going to participate with me, all right? You're going to pick this or that, all right? So we're heading out of summer, basically headed into fall, and I want to know, are you a fall person or a summer person, this or that? So my summer people, who are your favorite season? Who's your fa- summer's your season, raise your hand. Summer, summer's your season, okay? This or that, your fall is your season. You guys are pumped, aren't you? Yes, I'm with you, I'm 100% with you. I'm ready for fall to be here, okay? This or that, we're walking into the fall and there's flavors for fall, right? We've got pumpkin, We've got apple primarily, and I'm very opinionated about this one. I'm going to be honest. So this or that, who are my pumpkin people? Who are the apple people in the room? Come on, my people. I'm going to be honest. I didn't think I have as many apple people. Let's unite. Let's have an apple party or something. Let's get together. You pumpkin people can have your lattes or whatever you do, but I want some apple. All right. Okay, so uh, this or that, this one causes some rifts sometimes because we've got cat people and we got dog people, right? And there's highly uh, opinionated people on this. So who are my cat people in the room, okay? Who are my cat people? All right, all right. right. (laughs) Who are my dog people in the room? I knew it was gonna be, I knew, okay, okay. We got one more for today, all right? Um, And you can tell this person when you hang out with them, I think. This or that, we got our morning people and we got our night people, right? This or that, who are my morning people? Whew, okay, okay. Who are my night people? Okay, that's probably the closest split, right? Yeah, we, as you probably can tell, I'm starting a series that's gonna last for several weeks titled This or That. Okay, it's a simple series that's gonna go on for months. It has nothing to do with social media trends, has nothing to do with pop culture. This series is gonna tackle something that I think is destroying us and we don't even realize it. 
This series is gonna tackle something that, that, that I think maybe is a fight that's going on in our lives and we don't always recognize it. But we recognize fights, don't we? Who would say that you feel like right now life feels like one big fight? Don't raise your hands, but who feels like you feel the weight every single morning when you wake up because that day feels like it can be one big fight? Who here, like, you look around and you're like, there's fights at work and there's fights online and there's fights with our family. I talk to pastors all the time and they're like, Scott, this feels like even in our churches, maybe the most divisive and fighting moments we've ever experienced in our church. Doesn't life feel like one big fight after another? It's almost like we're in a fighting cycle. Now, that's the reality. I, I think there are fights all around us, but can I give us another reality this morning? Can, can I pull out another reality? Is yes, there are fights going on around us, but maybe that's not the biggest fight that is happening in our life. That maybe the biggest fights are not the ones around us, but the ones that are actually in us. This series, I want to talk about this fight that goes on that maybe we just choose not to see it. Because this fight, I think so often we look around and we say, look at all the brokenness around me. And we just every day try to grab a hold and say, we're going to fight that. And we forget all the brokenness that's in us. And I actually believe this is one of the tools of the enemy that he uses. We have a spiritual enemy that doesn't want us to get focused on the fight within us. So we get distracted with all these fights on the outside around us. And this is no small thing. It's so not a small thing that Paul, in the book of Galatians, had to make it very clear to the early Christians what the fight they had in their life. So the text, the foundational text for this series, the whole way through is going to be Galatians chapter 5. And you can go to there now on your phones or your Bible. But before we go to it, before we go to it, I want to give you some context of who Paul was talking to. If you remember um, my series, um, the last message of the series a couple weeks ago, we talked about Paul and he took his first missionary journey, right? And I showed you a picture kind of like this one you see on the screen. And you see there, Paul had this journey and he started out in Antioch and he went all the way to that place called Derby. Do you remember that? Why did Paul do that? Paul's life had changed through an experience with Jesus. And after Paul had a life change, he knew that he had to live out the calling in his life to go and share the good news of Jesus, the message of Jesus, who Jesus was, what Jesus had done to him. He's like, I've got to go take some trips. 
If you remember me talking about it, I said he started in this first Antioch and he worked his way around and he got all the way to Derby. But right there with the second Antioch in Iconium and Lystra, he, what, did he, what did he meet there? Some people who did not like his message and they tried to kill him, right? As he left the city and he went down to Lystra, they, they followed him and they dragged him out of the city. They stoned him, they tried to kill him, but it didn't work. And Paul could have ended his journey right there. But if you remember, he decides to go back through those same towns because he said the early believers needed to be encouraged. Well, listen, those churches I talked about a couple weeks ago, that area is called Galatia. That is the Galatian province. So what we're about to read is a letter he wrote to those people that he went and encouraged in his first missionary journey. What we're about to read is the letter he wrote to the place that he almost died, almost was killed on his very first trip. He has to write a letter because he wants them, hear me, he wants them to understand what Jesus has done for them. He wants them to understand what comes with the good news of Jesus, which leads us to Galatians chapter 5 in the first verse. He says, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Hear me? The very first thing in this chapter he wants to tell them is the reason Jesus came was to set you free. This was a message to those churches that he had visited already and he needs them to make sure they understand what Jesus came to do. But it didn't end there. We go to verse 13. He says, so you, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free. But do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. Now, verse 16. So, I say... Walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what's contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit was contrary to the flesh. They are in what? Conflict, fight, tension with each other, so that you are not to do whatever you want. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. And this is the picture he gives us, the contrasting fight that's going on. Verse 19, the acts of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry in witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, Factions and envy and drunkenness and orgies and the like. And I warn you, he says, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of heaven. But he says this, but the other side, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. 
says, those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with his passions and desires. And since we live by the Spirit, let's keep us in step with the Spirit. He's talking about this conflict. Listen, he's just went on a huge trip, a huge journey. He is, he's been a missionary to all these cities who tried to kill him. He's got to write them a letter because they've got to know the good news. They've also got to know the expectation. They got to know what Jesus has done for them. Paul cares deeply about these people. And so this letter comes from a heart of fighting for them. And what you see is one of Paul's main messages that he's trying to get across the believers is simply this. Jesus brings freedom to all who believe in him. This is his message. You gotta picture the people he's talking to. They've just discovered Jesus. They've just discovered this message and he's like, listen, this is what Jesus does. He brings freedom to all those who, he, who believe in him. He brings freedom from religion. He brings freedom from our past. He brings freedom from spiritual bondage. He brings freedom even from ourselves. This is so important to Paul because he wants people to grab a hold of who Jesus is so their life will be transformed forever, that they would not stay the same. He doesn't leave their town after almost dying because people want to kill them for them just to go back to their same way of living. And he knows something, that as they accept Jesus, there's going to be a fight on their hand. There's going to be a problem. And it's not just a, a fight with something on the outside or someone, something on the outside. The fight is mostly going to be within themselves because he's telling them, listen, you can get in your own way from experiencing the freedom that Jesus has come to bring. So he kind of puts a dilemma out there. He kind of puts a question out there. He kind of puts them on the spot. And he's like, hey, how are you gonna use the freedom that Jesus has given you? This is the big question. How are you going to use the freedom that Jesus has given? Because this is where the fight rests. Listen, there's all kinds of fights on the outside. You can engage with a lot of fights, but this is the big fight, the one on the inside. How are you gonna use the freedom that Jesus has given? Because he makes it clear. Just look at Galatians 5. He makes it clear. There are two ways we can use our freedom. This is very practical for your life. There are two ways that your freedom can be used. You can use your freedom to indulge the flesh, or you can use your freedom to stay in step with the Spirit. It's a this or that situation, and it can't be both. And this is where I want to pause for a second. It's a this or that situation. It can't be both. And this is where we get in trouble, that we think we can toy a little bit with following Jesus and a little bit following myself, a little bit with the church and my spiritual life and my, my following Jesus, but I've also got my other life as well. And Paul's like, you can't have both. 
It's this or that. You can use your freedom to indulge the flesh or you can use your freedom to live in step with the spirit, but you've got to choose. It's a flesh versus spirit battle. And the reason I bring it this morning is because I think it's one of the most intense battles, most intense fights that you have in your life. And your spiritual enemy, again, does not want you to focus on this. Our spiritual enemy wants us to be distracted and fight everything on the outside and leave this battle alone. I think our spiritual enemy wants us to fight things that honestly we don't have a whole lot of control over. And isn't that true about your life? Think of the fights that you've gotten in this week. It may not be like actual Sometimes we even show our hand in the fights. But the battles that have gone on, the things that have made you mad, the things that have brought anger, the things that just, it gets you, it gets you going, aren't often those things, things you don't have any control over. They just make you mad. Listen, I think what Paul is telling us is we have a fight to engage in. There's a real fight you can engage in. The difference is, is this fight, you actually have some say in how it ends. But it's our choice. Do we choose the fight that's within, or do we choose to fight just those superficial outside fights around us? And essentially my question today is, my ask for today is, will you consider putting down the weapons that you've been using to fight these outside battles and engage in the fight that Paul is talking to the people in Galatia about? This fight that he knew was going to make or break, could they not only follow Jesus, but experience what Jesus has brought to them? The message that he risked his life to send to them. Because Paul understood something that we absolutely have to understand. He had to help them understand that even as people who believe in Jesus, the reality of our life is we can still live in the flesh. We can live in thankfulness. We can live in a, God, I'm so thankful you died on the cross, but still live in the flesh. Still live every day dominated by the flesh. And when this happens, we lose. When, we, when this happens, we don't get to experience what Jesus really came to give. Jesus says, I've come to give new life. There's a freedom in this. But for so many, we never get to experience this freedom because of the fight versus flesh and spirit. Flesh versus my own self. That flesh, flesh ends up dictating life versus the Holy Spirit. Which means, hear me, we can even sit in church and still not be living in victory. 
We can engage with church and spiritual things, but it doesn't mean we actually live in the victorious freedom that Jesus came to give. And listen, this topic is really personal for me. It was several years ago that God made me very aware of this concept in Galatians 5. It's become so personal to me that Galatians 5 has become almost a personal like metric system for my life. Do you know what I mean by that? It's become a metric system for my life. This is what I mean. Like, like you know how you get a scale and you put it in your bathroom? No one likes a scale, but you get one and you step on it. You can think whatever you want to about yourself, but what you weigh is what you weigh, right? For better or for worse, what that scale says is reality. Or it's like you're driving in your car and you're on a trip and the gas gauge is getting really low. You can decide your tank is full, but the reality is what the reality is. You only have so much gas or it's on your phone. It can say 1%. I don't care if you try to do mind over matter and say, no, I've got 50%. There's only one answer here. You've got 1% left on the phone. This is what Galatians 5 does for me. It's really personal for me. When Paul says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, it is joy, it is peace. Many places say patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. I look at this. I'm telling you, I do it so often. I ask myself, Scott, is this the reality of your life? I do. I look at Galatians chapter 5 and I go, Scott, is this a reality of your life? Are you living in the flesh or do we see the fruit of the Spirit through your life? I ask myself, Scott, are you using your freedom to indulge the flesh? Or are you using your freedom to live in step with the Spirit today? And can I tell you something? This is very personal. Is that the answer to those questions have implications on my life. It's very real. It's personal to me. But I'm not sure you've ever asked those questions before. Like I have. Have you ever asked the question, what's the fruit of the Spirit in my life today? Have you ever asked yourself, do I realize that I'm in the middle of a fight right now? Have you ever cared that there's a this or that kind of living choice that you have in your life? Do you know that Jesus came to transform your life from being lived in the flesh to living in the spirit? Do you even know that there is a difference? And do you know there are consequences to this fight? Do you know there are implications to this message? Because this is not the only place that Paul has said this, these words. He actually was maybe even more blunt in Romans chapter 8, okay? Romans chapter 8, verse 12 and 13, it says this. Therefore, brothers and sisters, we have an obligation. 
but it's not to the flesh to live according to it. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. This is why potentially this message will be one of the most consequential messages you'll ever hear in your life. There is a fight, and the choice in how you live out that fight is directly in your hands. So question, if you knew Listen, if you knew you could live victoriously in the spirit versus living in defeat in the flesh, would it change how you lived? If you believed the words of Paul and took his words to heart, that we don't have an obligation to live to the flesh, but to live to the spirit, would it change how you live your life? If you own that you're in the middle of a fight right now and you've been distracted by all the other fights, would you say, man, I've got to do something about this? Would you even want what Paul is talking about to those people in Galatians or does it not matter to you? Because if it matters to you, I want to tell you there is only one way that I have found to win this fight and it's simply found in one verse. There's only one way to, to beat this battle in our life, to win this fight in our life, and it can be summed into one verse in John chapter 15, verses four. It says, remain in me, as also I remain in you. No branch no branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. And this is really simple for my life. I ask myself, Scott, is there evidence of that fruit in your life? When I live in Scott, I see the evidence of what Paul is talking about, of the indulging the flesh. I am more selfish. I am more angry. Like my life is different when I live in the flesh, but the same can be true on the other side. When I am attached to God... In an intentional way, I will see the fruit of the Spirit in my life. I see the differences. And when I am attached to God, I see the world differently. I respond to the world differently, I do. I respond to people differently. I notice this about myself. I'm a different dad. I'm a different husband. I'm a different pastor. I am different depending on how I'm living. I feel more free, I feel more alive, I feel more passionate. I think I get to feel and experience the life that Jesus has called me to. But I have to admit, I don't win this fight always. 
I do not win this fight always. I do get distracted. I do lose focus. I do get self-centered. And I have to be honest with you, I feel the difference. Because what is produced in my life is not of God, is definitely not of the Spirit. I can tell the difference because I want you to hear this. What we attach ourselves to will always produce something in our lives. And we are all attached to something. And Paul and Jesus are both saying the same thing. If you intentionally attach yourself to God, the fruit of the Spirit will be seen in your life. Or as Paul says, you will live. But if you attach yourself to the world or just stay into yourself, what does he say? You will die. These are not my words. Go back to 13. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. So here's the deal. This is the first of many messages for this fall. And I plan on challenging you hard this fall. I plan on challenging myself hard this fall. What is being produced in my life? If we're going to step on the scale, let's deal with reality. What is being produced in my life right now? Paul made it very clear that Jesus came to bring freedom. But real freedom, the freedom that I think our body craves, that really wants, and until you experience it, you'll never be satisfied. It can only be found in one way. That Jesus is like, listen, I'll be faithful to you. I'll fight for you. I, I I will produce the fruit in your life, but you have to be attached to me. Can I say it again? Just because you are in church, just because you say you're a Christian, doesn't mean you're attached to God more than you're attached to this world, attached to yourself, attached to things. The scale tells us. The fruit tells us. And so I wonder, can we lean into intentionally attaching ourselves to God in areas of worship? Can I tell you this morning, I'm on the way to church. My head's rolling just with some things. It often does that Sunday mornings. You know what I do? I turn on the song that we're going to end with today. Just because I want to get it in my head. Can I tell you in that moment, there's a shift. Because when we intentionally attach ourselves to worship, it connects us to God. And the fruit of his spirit becomes alive. Will you intentionally attach yourself to worship through prayer, through reading scripture and really meditating on it? Will you have conversation, uh, a Christ-centered conversation? Will you be obedient? Will you be submissive? Will you say, God, I want the fruit of the spirit versus the fruit of the flesh? I'm gonna challenge you this semester. This fall semester, I'm going to challenge you to look at the fruit of the Spirit and for you to look at yourself and say, is that real in me? Because here's what I think. 
we are tired. There's not a lot of peace. There's not a lot of joy. There's not a lot of self, uh, 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 self-control. There's not a lot of kindness. There's not a lot of gentleness. There's not a lot of patience. Look around in the fights that we see. Do you see the evidence of the fruit of the Spirit? I don't see a lot of it. And so what I say, God, maybe we're so tired. Maybe we're so angry. Maybe this life feels such like a mess, not because of the situation on the outside, but maybe because of the situation on the inside. And maybe in the midst of chaos and craziness, when the fruit of the Spirit is alive, we live life differently. We experience a freedom we can't experience anywhere else. But let me tell you, we all attach ourselves to something, and whatever we attach ourselves to will produce. Something is always being produced. And if the evidence in your life is more flesh than spirit, then maybe there can be a shift this morning. We can say, God, I do see evidence of the flesh that Paul talks about, but what I want to see is evidence of your fruit of the spirit. Because that is where freedom is found. God is faithful to hold his, to keep his promises, to do a work in our life. The question is, are we grabbing a hold of him intentionally? Are we attaching ourselves to him intentionally so he can do the work he has promised to do? Let me pray. Heavenly Father, we are tired we are angry. There's frustration. There's a lack of peace. There's a lack of love. There's a lack of joy. There's, a la- there's just lacking. And God, I'm asking you today, will you do a great work in our lives? Today, will you expose those places of where we are indulging the flesh and it's actually killing us and show us ways where we can attach ourselves to you so that we can live in the freedom you have promised us. And God, may the fruit of our life may the fruit of our life see, may it be seen your spirit. And God, may we experience love and joy and peace and patience, and kindness, and gentleness, self-control, all those things that bring freedom. God, we give you ourselves today and ask you to do a great, great work. It's your name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to this message from One Hope Church. 
If you liked this message and would like to hear more, check out our website at OurOneHope.com for message archives, service times, and more information on how you can get connected. Thanks again for listening, and we hope to see you soon.